Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to this episode of Lifting KG. I'm KG. Thank you to everyone that listened to our first episode, that left reviews and gave me feedback. I'll tell you, it was it was great to receive feedback so soon and to know that some are already finding help from conversations that we've had or um, just something that I mentioned in that episode. So that's a wonderful. Thank you so much. And then also get to share the great news, which you'll, you may see on another post of mine already, is that we are now going to be available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, which then is Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. So increasing our platform reach and uh, therefore the audience. So I'm certainly looking forward to connecting with more people across these platforms and get to learn about other people's journeys that they go to seek to transform from what they were to what they've always wanted to become and um, how my story might help them on their way. And it's also fun to find help from other stories like because all the time you look on Instagram and you see somebody getting that, uh, that gym glow up, right? And you see um, like just amazing stories of people like 500 pounds plus just finally committing to it and saying that they're going to do it. And you watch that transformation over time and you can't help but be inspired. I certainly look at it just like, wow, they did it. Always encouraging, always exciting. So there's so many stories out there that I look forward to, to hearing and learning and, and sharing. This is just going to be a wonderful experience, and it's off to a great start. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone, and thank you for listening to this episode. Hilariously, I love it when you speak something into existence, or just, or just once you say something, not necessarily a manifestation of anything, well, it is, but not like a, I'm speaking into existence, my future self. But not like when you say something and it comes to pass, right? Just like, oh, man, I might get in the car and hopefully they're playing Britney. Boom, there it is. I don't know why that example came out. My wife is a big Britney fan, but there it was. <laughs> so as I made all that talk in the in introductions, talking about my concussion and my memory loss, my memory seemed kind of offended because over the next several days my brain was just on like hypercharge it was like oh dude you think you can't remember stuff there were moments where I'd get caught um let me not say that like I was so great like oh man you remembered everything that's amazing like what come on dude like everybody remembers everything I know dude that's not what I'm talking about what I'm talking about is when I got to those moments where I would normally get stuck and defeated like hey Walk upstairs and completely forget why you went upstairs. Does that happen? Happens to me all the time. Walk into the room, why am I here? I don't recall. Let me go retrace my steps. And sometimes that retracing of steps is going all over the house. I have literally had to walk outside as if I had just walked in home to recall what I thought about. Because being there in that moment then gave me all of the necessary sense memory triggers to say, oh, in that moment, you were thinking about this. And it really had nothing to do with anything. It's pretty crazy. Um, but with my mind afterwards, like there were these little moments where I would normally be for forgetful that my subconscious seemed to be trying to come through and say, uh-uh, you're not really forgetting. Like you're just not going far enough. Like case in point, my keys. I left my keys in the house. And yeah, so, oh, dude, you're talking about your memory being so awesome, but you left your keys in the house. Wait, guys, I'm qualifying the way in which my memory is awesome. This is awesome for me, okay? Don't rain on my parade. 
with that my keys. I left them, and when I finally got back into the house and retrieved them, I had looked at that spot so many times, but had not moved the stuff that was in that spot, right? So as I was getting ready and going through my mental checklist of everything that I had, my eyes kept going to that spot, but in the moment when I looked at it, it didn't trigger why was I looking at that spot. There was something not what I was looking for in that spot, such as clothes, right? My keys were actually under a few shirts that I laid out the night before. And so moments like that where then suddenly I remember I'm like, oh, you tried to tell me. You tried to tell me. You knew it was there. You actually did. Go to job, dude. Like, yes, I do have conversations like that with myself. Um, kind of became a requirement. As I grew from the concussion, well, not a requirement, let me say, it was more so the, it was the mechanism that I used. I saw a post on a friend's page the other day at, talking about, do you find yourself talking to yourself? Absolutely. It was a mechanism that I had to use in order, I chose to use, let me not say I had to use, it was a mechanism that I used to recall what I was doing to overcome those gaps in memory that I had. So there would be times where almost as if I had an admin. All right, Kenton, do you have everything that you're supposed to have? I think I do. Let's see. We got wallet, phone, keys, earbuds, badge. Okay, I got to go get my badge. Go get the badge. Yeah, man, you did forget that badge. Yeah, thank you for hitting the badge. Yes, it does become a bit of a conversation because I have to have that interaction, as it were, to remind me, to jog me like, hey, man, we did it again. Um, and it's interesting because to a degree, if you check out, uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson's, the soul of shame, he creates this entity called the shame attendant, which is that part of all of us that speaks shame on you. All right. It's that part that recalls that time in seventh grade when you acted a fool in front of the person that you liked. And how embarrassed you were. It's the person that recalls that time that you embarrassed your father in front of your friends and he yelled at you. It's the person, that part of your mind that recalls all of that and keeps that alive, right? The true, the heavy Christians would call that the enemy, right? That voice inside. But we're just talking about it's the shame attendant. And that's what he calls it. Um, I don't believe that this is my shame attendant because I'm not creating a sense of shame around forgetting. I'm creating a sense of accountability, almost as if I have a partner there saying like, hey, all right, you did that. You got to not do that again. Got it. Thanks, Kenton. You're welcome. If you've seen Moon Knight lately, it's not that bad either. Trust and believe. I don't like the Egyptian gods that much. Um, <laughs> so all these moments of realizing where Having had a concussion, having had a brain injury, where that puts me, what kind of susceptibility that creates. Now, back when I was in high school, I was diagnosed, um, was it manic depressive, right? Took me years to realize that that's actually on the bipolar scale. Took me years, as in just recently, to realize what that really means as far as managing my life and finding the right air quotes balance 
for those behaviors and my lifestyle, my pursuits, my family, my faith, all of those things. Because what happens to me normally in my habits is I retreat. I get to a point where I disappear. I've done it. Anybody who knows me personally listening to this episode knows that there has come a time where I have disappeared from their life. Now, maybe you're somebody at the gym and you're like, yeah, I mean, there's been a few weeks, uh, maybe even a few months where he just straight up disappeared. I just figured he was coming at a different time, right? Or somebody from a previous organization of which I was a part of and suddenly I wasn't, right? I, I do it. I disappear. People I grew up with, I graduated, disappeared. That was it. No more connection, no more really staying in touch, just disappear. Now, we'll unpackage that later, and all that has to do with the daddy issues. But in focusing on it from my mental cycle, I love how Alan Richson referred to it on his episode of Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, which is a wonderful podcast. If you're not listening to that, this is totally an unsolicited unsponsored uh, plug here it is just a phenomenal series that Michael Rosenbaum started really talking to actors and people in the business focusing on the mental side of being in the business and um, being Michael Rosenbaum it's a lot of the CW stars uh, so it's fantastic Um, Alan Rickson of course being Hawk in the Titan which uh, was a Greg Berlanti verse series so it's CW but for adults it was wonderful if you haven't seen it I encourage you if you're a comic fan you definitely need to separate the origin like the source material from what you're getting but it's okay you'll do it all right but he talked about in having bipolar as being that you have like all of your emotions are laid out on a keyboard of like 2,000 keys And from the highest to the lowest, those of a bipolar nature are able to go and feel intensely those emotions from one side to the other without having to hit the in-between. Which can be a blessing. Say what? That's crazy. A blessing to suddenly go from being happy, excited about things, to questioning why are you even here on this earth any longer? What is that a blessing? Um, But he goes on to color it to be in in the vein that, you know, you don't have to, if you learn to just kind of live in those emotions in that moment and embrace it and let it go when it needs to go, it's not that bad a thing. Now, All of that was to say that uh, being of a bipolar nature and being one that retreats, uh, what I loved is what he said about how he retreats, he re-energizes alone. And re-energizing alone does mean a retreat from everyone else. Like, I just, you cut off, and that's how you re-energize. Now, I am generally an extroverted person. I love meeting people. I love being around. We have started at the gym what we call the Hey Buddy Brigade. And I don't even honestly know the true origins of it, right? Two guys in the gym um, over 
several days at the gym, they would come in and one would say to the other, hey, buddy. And we would just, just in a very obnoxious way. And initially, uh, when I was still like the hooded headbanger, I'm the intense lifter. Don't bother me while I'm lifting phase. I didn't engage with them. Um, but over time, you know, we've become friends and now we're all part of the Hey Buddy Brigade. And I am like a devout member where when I come in, hey, buddy, and you could be all the way across the gym. Uh, these gents just know and it, it's coming back around and it's fun because it's it, it is obnoxious, but it's obnoxious fun. Right. I think of the gym. The gym is what I do for fun. I like to think that most all of us are there for fun. Right. We enjoy doing this. I don't care if you're killing yourself. There is an ounce of you. There's a part of you that enjoys it. Right. You are there and you love it. I absolutely do. Um, but it's really fun in that way to see other people open up. So I am an extroverted person. I love meeting people. I love knowing people. I uh, especially love post-concussion, love learning people's names. Uh, there has definitely been this space of a lack of confidence around knowing people's names because there was a long time where, no, like legitimately people at my uh, physical therapist's office I'd go in for therapy, and they'd be like, oh, hey, Kenton. I'm like, oh, hey, we, we met? And they're like, yeah, you've come here like four times, and we've talked two of the four. And I'm like, wow, oh, no, I don't know. Um, so being able to remember who people are is, is, is always a, a small victory for me. I, I, I celebrate it, too. <laughs> I had that experience just today where I was like, yes, I remember you. And somebody's like, I don't think we met. I was like, actually, we met three years ago. Yes. That's real. I didn't make that up. True story. But there still comes a time where I just, I need to be alone. And I just, uh, sulk's not the right word. Sulk might be the word that my wife would use. She would certainly tell you that January or all of December, I just like sulked in the garage playing video games and smoking out. It was an intense time, not going to lie. Um, it was very needed. All right. So that's been been part of you know bringing us all full circle to talking about understanding that cycle is understanding that these downtimes these periods where i i retreat are a re-energizing period all right they come at a point when i have run hot for a while and now i'm out i'm out of steam and i'm i gotta chill right we're gonna cool off for a bit and then when that's done we're coming back around now Life doesn't care about that. Circumstances don't care about that. Nothing cares about that. That's something that I have to manage. That's mine. That's nobody else's but mine to deal with. That's what has come of this growth is being able to say, you know what? I've been putting that on other people for a while. I've been putting that on my wife. I've been putting that on my children. I've been putting that on the day job. That's mine. I've got to own that. Right? And we've got to do better. And then what's been really killer is to see how that is a generational curse. To sit there and have that mind-blowing experience. And this we could chalk this up to midlife. I don't know if I qualify, but uh, the way that it was described in that episode of Inside of You, I do. Of realizing without judgment 
but with pure just recognition, acknowledgement, and grace that your issues exist in your parents and then to see it also exist in your parents' parents and to then reckon with the truth of it versus what you believed it to be previously. I'd heard that my grandmother was an alcoholic who didn't take care of her children. I learned that she had depression, that she had insomnia and anxiety, and that she retreated from life. And nobody understood that. I saw that my father was unorganized and couldn't keep things together and equated that with being a slob and being terrible. And I've learned that that comes from having depression and being overwhelmed and being anxious and being able to say, I get it. I get it. I wish my grandmother was still alive so I could go hug her and kiss her and say, I get it. Dad's down in Texas. Let's give him a call. And we've had these conversations several times, and it's been so amazing because that is a relationship that over the years has taken so many different dynamics. And it's been fairly amazing every time. Uh, the greatest dynamic was after I got saved and I found my heavenly father and learned how to forgive my earthly father and how to love him the way that my heavenly father made me to love. And that's been powerful, beyond powerful. So I get it. And it's been empowering to say that's mine. I get it. That was yours. That's how you handled it. This is mine. I need to handle it differently. I have a generational curse to break. That's it. Because then I can see it in my children. And I get it. And so I need to find the right way to show them how we deal with that and help them understand that it's not that there's anything wrong with them. It's how they are. And I get it. And we can do this. Now, let's bring it all back to the concussion. The concussion greatly increased my susceptibility to those mood swings. That mood lability as I learned was the technical phrase, right? The uh, easy flowing of moods from one place to the next. And that manifested in one of the craziest ways where uh, I had a lot of crying sessions and just like feeling just intense remorse and guilt at some thought, uh, mostly around my children, um, mostly around a lot of the time that I missed being with them as I had other pursuits and just really 
getting to realize and feel what my wife had likely tried to convey in so many arguments before. And just those, we're talking like intense, like pull over on the side of the road and let it out cries. All right. We're talking like Barry Pepper at the end of Jagged Edge's video. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. My man is upset that he's leaving. So sad. Oh, like just all that. And, um, and sometimes not even knowing where it came from, right? Just like, why, why am I crying right now? Why is this? Like, I'm on my way to work. What is this about? I don't get it. And then to maybe be at work and then just suddenly be raging about something like, oh, I swear. Click that stapler one more time. Oh, just, it, it just, oh, right? Just intense anger. We're talking white knuckle clenching anger here. Like, ooh. And then maybe just some kind of giddy laughter, right? We're not talking like Joker laughter here, but just having that like really great bust out laugh. And that's been um, really a fun a fun part, you know, taking those those higher moments and spreading them around, right? So um, having those great, awesome gem interactions or or workplace interactions or just, you know, general interactions so that when I do retreat, it makes me a little miss, right? It makes those, we have those quality interactions so that they know that when I am around, it, it'll be good, um, which is not of an ego statement. It's kind of a, a mission statement, right? My goal is that for anyone with whom I interact, that they are better off after I leave than they were before I was there. Why should I be something that made their day worse? Nah, I'm not in that camp. So we have quality interactions, and then I retreat. And there's a very empowering part about learning to identify the down periods and for this I'm going to tell you what may be one of the most beautiful love stories you ever hear going back to the November time frame coach put me on a pure fish and veggie diet there were periods of fasting I believe I was at every other day um, and for the, the veggies, we're talking like 50 carbs were my max. And I think I was at 150 grams of protein on the fish. And it was a different kind of experience for me. Right? Like might be the closest I've come to a vision quest. And through that period, there definitely came keeping with that vision quest sort of theme, a new knowledge of myself, right? I really got to know me. It had been a while since I've interacted with this KG. I knew him before, but now we were getting reacquainted. And he had some things to tell me. And my sister made a really interesting point that I will uh, get into at another time. We're talking about when you go through weight loss, there is a 
emotional and psychological component within the weight you're carrying that you will have to process as you get rid of that weight. I didn't realize how true that was until after the fact. Granted, we were speaking about it after the fact and and recalling it. I was like, wow, that's so true. There were so many moments of really having to reckon with uh, certain behaviors and their origins, learning the emotional triggers that were there and becoming aware of them. Um, so in this fasted state, we had we decided to host Thanksgiving. Now, hosting Thanksgiving had nothing to do with me being on the fast, and my fast had nothing to do with uh, Thanksgiving. It just all was the time frame in which we did the Titan Challenge 3. It went from August until January. Thanksgiving and Christmas fell in there. Mm, Halloween was in there, too. Meh, I looked great in my Maui costume. Now, the Thanksgiving dinner, we invited Grandpa, uh, my grandmother, his wife, uh, not my biological grandmother, uh, passed in 2020. Uh, she passed, and then my grandfather, my non-biological grandfather, with whom my biological grandmother was married, passed uh, about a week later. And there was an interesting moment uh, with that. When my father was up here visiting, where he made a comment that really spurred me to action on my health goals. And I don't want to go into that right now. What distracts? I was like, ooh, teaser. Um, so we, over, the, over 21, I spent more time with my grandfather. I went out and was cutting his yard, uh, helping to spruce up his place because he hosted the 4th of July, or it was a Memorial Day. You know, like, you know, pressure washed his driveway, his patio, his deck. Um, like, I really enjoyed time with him, and it was really great. It was really good. And unfortunately, I haven't committed as much time this year. And uh, so we had him over for Thanksgiving and had my sister and her children over for Thanksgiving. And my dad appeared out of nowhere. Now, for some who haven't seen their father in some time, this should be a joyous occasion. This should be something you're like, oh, dad's here. Hey, kids, there's grandpa. Hey, it's grandpa bear. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, but more of like a yogi, not really a fat Albert. Um, but it wasn't. It was not that kind of experience because my wife, I love her. This is not me ragging on her. Um, I will have her on an episode and we will talk. She will let you know she does not like surprises like that because she's already planned the meal. She knows how many people to expect. She's made enough food so that she can feel comfortable and confident about the fact that everyone who has shown up will be able to eat. And now you have brought two more mouths. And one of those mouths is yours, Grandpa. Um, which they, they unfortunately don't have the best relationship. And it's unfortunate. And it's funny because it's also kind of stereotypical. Where, you know, like there's that couple where one just doesn't get along with the in-law. Um, or I'm okay with her side. She's not so okay with mine. It's, it's funny. And 
Whew, I'm so drained, guys. I did get to eat that morning. I had to fast the day before. And then I got to eat that morning, and it was just wonderful overnight oats. And it was so great. Um, this was really one of those golden moments uh, because I got the recipe from Mona, Mike's partner. And uh, Mike and I were on a Skype, and he was doing cardio at the time as we were talking. So he's got me like, you know, I've got that upward view of his chin, face all puffy and red. Um, not talking bad on the dude. This is what you look like in a cardio video when you've got FaceTime going on. And he called Mona over. Hey, Mo, Mo, give him that recipe for that overnight oats you do. The one that's got like the, the, the five scoops of protein in it. Ooh, baby. He said, here's what you do. I want you to wake up at midnight, eat that, and go back to bed. I said, yes, sir, no problem. So I'd been fasting every other day leading up to that. But then it's Thanksgiving. I got that overnight oats, baby, looking good, baby, feeling good. And baby's got family coming into town, and he's looking. Ah, you're at my house. Yeah, whose house? Say, G's house. And it, it should have been a joyous moment, but my poor wife was so distraught and so upset and had no problems letting me know she was upset, and she had no need to. I knew she was upset. And it was kind of like, hey, Dad, so glad you're here. Why couldn't you have told me, dude? Like, come on, why are you sabotaging me? <laughs> and uh, so I knew I would have to deal with it. Um, and that, oh, that, oh, phrasing. I knew that we would have to deal with it. There's, there's no other better term for it. We're just going to call it deal with it. It's going to have to get addressed. And um, we had some other interactions, Dad and I. Uh, he spent some time with the kids, and that was a really wonderful experience. Uh, his wife is absolute doll, and I, I spent some time. Uh, I like to say I did a stint in Texas. I did a little 90-day stint. And um, when I left, they had had their first date, and now they've been married for years, and she is such a wonderful woman. And I wish that my kids did have a better relationship with Grandma Phyllis. Um, so even so, being this wonderful, rare moment that they got to spend together in Target, I was projecting so much of my garbage onto it. And Phyllis, the blessed angel that she is, just looked at me and was like, he's got it. Don't you worry. I was sitting there like, mm, I don't know who he thinks he is talking to his kids like that. And Phil's looked at me and said, <laughs> he's got it. I was like, you know what, dude? That's your dad. He's got this. Would you please leave that garbage behind? And I did. And we had a great time. It was really a lot of fun. And it was great fun to really just shut up and, and watch my kids uh, enjoy their grandfather and their grandmother. Right? They've never not known Phyllis, right? So she is their grandmother. Um, and it's, it's awesome. Now, so I, I'm having these wonderful experiences with my father in the time that he's there. And then meanwhile at home, my wife is raging about it. I mean, raging about it. And if any of you got offended at the fact that I equated her reaction to her emotions with the word raging... I want you to understand that is a qualified word. That is the word 
for what she was doing. It's the word she uses for what she did about it. She was raging about it. And in this journey I've been on now at this space in November, uh, early December, she's yes, three days after Thanksgiving, it's the weekend, Ertra, uh, Friday after Black Friday, and she's raging at me. And I said, honey, I love you. I don't have the energy to be what you need me to be right now. I do not have it within me to, 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 to do this. I can't. I, I know where you're coming from. I love you. Food. And yet still she raged. And I am like, okay, I'll be your windmill for right now. Um, but let I'm going to let you know. This isn't as serious as you're making it. You know, D word gets thrown out there and she's mad at me. And it's like, you know, you're really not. You're not. Oh, you patronizing pig. Your wife is mad at you when that's what you did. It's true, guys. I'm telling you, I did not have the capacity. Like, it, it wasn't to the level of when your kid's throwing a tantrum in the store and you just stand there looking at them like, are you finished yet? It wasn't annoyance. It was, it, and it wasn't apathy. It really was genuine. I'm sorry that I can't be there for you because I get where you are and I want to meet you. And I'm, mm -mm. it's not there. It, mm -mm. Catch me after I eat, boo. And we we ended that um, with her still very very mad at me, and me just like. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to sleep. I, I'm done. I'm going to rest. Uh, again, not apathetic, not insensitive. Just, I get you. Uh, I don't have it. We'll talk later. I love you. Musa, sleep well. No, don't go to bed mad at me. Come on. Ecclesiastes, that thing. Don't let the sun go down. Okay, fine. We're, we're there. It's, it's fair. I'm tired. We're going to bed. So the next Saturday... Melanie goes to do the grocery shopping, and while she's out, I'm just chilling, right? It's just me in the house all by myself. It's been a long month. We're just relaxing, I, I think. Yeah, I, it would have been a day that I could eat, so that was nice. Um, so while I'm sitting there just enjoying being alone and having time to myself, I realize that's not enough. Given the week that we've had, there, I, I need to do something for my lady. I've got to. And we had this table. Uh, we were we were replacing our dining room table and picked up a new piece at Ikea like three or four weeks previously. And it was still sitting there, not put up. And um, primarily because the other, like because of the work that was involved. I just didn't want to do it. So while she's out doing her shopping, I say, I'm going to do this. And I put a movie on the TV. I put a fire, had a fire in the fireplace. And I started uh, putting together the table. And the goal, um, because I, very much like my father, love surprises. I do love surprising people. I love the, the thrill of the sudden shock and like, ooh, yay. It's, I really do. And so I wanted to, to surprise my wife. Yes, I know she doesn't like surprises, 
but there are certain surprises that she does like, you know, like sweet act of kindness, her love language. Now, in the midst of while I'm putting the table together, right, the base is all assembled, now I have it flipped over, we're putting the legs on, and she comes home. And I'm, I'm kind of braced, right? On the one hand, I'm sitting here like, look what I did for you. On the other hand, I'm sitting there like, oh, how is she going to be? I'm kind of worried. Um, but, you know, I, I'm there on my knees working on the table as she comes in through the door. Uh, she and um, the kids are bringing in the groceries. I didn't even have to contribute or I helped. And she likes to tell me about what she buys. And this is such a cute, endearing thing about her that like when she goes out shopping, she comes home, she just loves to report. She loves to tell me all about it. And knowing of my meal restrictions and things like that and how excited I was for the month of November to be over and to go into December and to be able to eat like a human person again. She says to me, first, uh, as she sees that I'm working on her table, I see the, the, the look on her face just soften. Just that little, like, aw, just that, that bit of recognition of what I was doing, which is enough for me. And then she says, as she's reporting out what she, she purchased for the day and her various stories and, and interactions, she goes, and I got you three pounds of bacon. Those sweet, loving words melted me right there. I actually clutched my chest and said, oh, Did you hear? Oh. And, and that was like the sweetest apology. Like that, that, That's really what it was. And we came to acknowledge that later on. Um, a few nights later, we were talking to our oldest and uh, her boyfriend. And just, you know, talking about how relationships mature. Because, you know, they tried to... They're early, they're only in like, you know, year two of their relationship, and she's about to finish up college, and we're, so we're just having that adult conversation, and we tell them about this, and my wife uses the phrase that was just so sweet, I'm sorry for what I said to you when you were hungry, and that, even then, right there in the kitchen, I remember looking at her just like, oh, you did it, you hit me. Like, this is, this is groundbreaking. This is turning a corner here. Like, this, to me, was one of the greatest confessions of our love that we've shown in forever. And um, hopeless romantic, sure, perhaps. But it just, it spoke volumes to me. And it really cemented itself in my recent experiences as, a critical moment where I can say, boom, right there, right? There was a time that would have drawn on for the entire month of December. Christmas would have been ruined. Going into our birthdays in January would have been just as bad, but we were able to, in that very short period of time, have that emotional uprising, quell that, and move past it. And it sounds like a no-brainer. Right, like that's how relationships are supposed to work. That is the that's the formula for a healthy adult relationship. Sweet, if that's how yours already are, that's awesome, man. Not high five, way to go. I'm 
going to celebrate that I'm getting there. Um, and for anybody who's not there yet and they're looking to reach that level, I hope this story helps. And I hope that you learn from it, bringing it all back around to that self-awareness, right? To get to know my partner better, I had to really come to know myself. And getting to know myself really is a journey. And it's worth taking. It certainly is. So, so in being able to declare, I don't have it in me to do that, of, of having that self-awareness, now, since achieving that, you know, it's, it's almost like unlocking an ability. You gain self-awareness. And taking that with me and now um, having it in my arsenal uh, that, okay, cool. Where am I right now? Where do I, am I emotionally present for this? What am I doing? Um, where is this coming from? And does it belong here or doesn't it? Is it time to get rid of this? And taking that forward into those down periods, those periods of, or let me not keep qualifying them as down periods, just those, in this case specifically, I'm referring to a high anxiety. April was a lot of anxiety for me. There were a lot of things going on um, personally and as the month went on and I came out of it to that point of realizing, okay, you were just having a whole lot of anxiety. Why? Let's deal with this. The victim state, okay, moved past it, addressed it, and now we're up. But back to the concussion and being aware of that, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, that was really in my mind as I considered what to talk about for this episode. I love how we realize now that mental health is not something w that only disease or people with a disorder care about. It is your responsibility. It is part of your health, right? Getting healthy wasn't just about improving my body. It was about working on my mind, making my mind sharper making sure that as I developed new habits and routines, I built upon that. I focused on having a better vision of myself, of taking account of what I said, of taking captive every thought and subjecting it under the will of Jesus Christ. Is this what I should be thinking? Is this what I should be feeling? It's taking account of how my body works, how overall I respond to the various stressors I place upon it. Those stressors being my relationship, my plans, my pursuits. And of course, you know, that's, that's my physical fitness. That's my thinking. That's so much. So when it comes to my mental capacity, it's been really fun. <laughs> you know, like 
like learning that, hey, dude, you're, you're not as bad as you used to be, all right? Concussions, dreams, wins, no words, because there are times where I lose the words. Now, admittedly, there are still moments where, like, even earlier today before I came into the recording booth, I was speaking to my wife, and I struggled to remember, like, what was the the thing? Where did it come from? There was something that I was talking, we, I don't know, maybe we were talking about yesterday, and it made me think of, and she's, she'll engage for a little bit, but then after a while, she's like, I'll leave him to struggle, and she, she no longer, like, chastises. It used to be like, a let it go already. It's like, no, no, seriously, like, I've got to grab it. Like, let me have it. Let me chase that rabbit until I grab it. Um, <laughs> so it's not like, you know, I'm super, super sharp. Um, but it, it is, it's better than it used to be. And I'm, I'm making sure that I'm better than I used to be, right? With generally, when it comes to the, the down modes, the depressive modes, um, self-care is what starts to go uh really weird all right like and not totally like i i stop bathing but i i will i'll definitely stop like you know taking that bath at night like i'll just go to bed i don't care i'm I'm crawling into bed now that is super weird for me because i was the guy that if i had to walk downstairs and was about to go to bed my feet are covered i'm not walking barefoot on the floor where everybody's shoes touch and then getting into my bed so me just going to bed without taking a shower is oh oh yeah yeah yeah. there's something up dude um uh you know things around the bedroom right like just piles of clothes just i just i stop caring there are things that i just i don't give the energy to and that's what I've had to come to think about it as, whether that's an excuse or not. I, I don't feel it is. Just like, hey, I'm not giving energy to that right now. Okay? I, I have a very limited capacity. And right now I'm going to use it for this over here. And then I'll get there. And my wife has come to understand and respect that. Right? It used to be like, you need to set a better example for the kids because you're not cleaning your room up. And it, that did become a thing. You know, it seriously became a thing for me. Like, uh, yeah, um, I need to do a better job. I can't sit there and fuss at my kids for their room being messy when I've got my stuff all over the place. And then acknowledging where I am, being aware of, all right, presently, you've got this mess on the floor. Where is that coming from? You're anxious about this. You're focused on this. All right, cool. But then recalling like, dude, remember that time in the seventh grade when you just like your floor was covered with stuff like nothing was in a drawer. It was just hoarder level. I'm not going to lie. True story. Hoarder level, like just stepping on stuff everywhere. Wow. Buddy, you were so depressed back then. And you didn't know. And you had insomnia. You were staying up. Dude, I saw MASH all the way through on UPN on this little uh, TV that we had that we only got the VHF and UHF channels. And it had a little scanner bar going across. And there was just like I had to do this little trick to make it catch 65 where I had to make it go to the end several times and bounce back. 
before we finally catch. Um, but yeah, Mama's Family, Roseanne, MASH, and EPN was fantastic. Just But insomnia, going to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning, but still waking up at 6.30 for Beast Wars. And just so depressed. And having to take that moment of recognition of, yeah, you work. You, you've done this before. This is how you've acted for a while. It's time to change that. It's time to stop that. It's time to put that in its right place. So it's time to make sure that when we're not here, this doesn't look like this. Okay? We're not going to do this anymore. This, at this stage, at this point, as I have acknowledged it, this is a choice. This is no longer a victim thing. This is no longer a curse. This kind of behavior going forward is now a choice because you have identified that you have a problem here. You have a solution to pursue. So should you choose not to pursue it, you're making a choice. And if you continue to make that choice, Kenton, you're continuing to choose to be a victim to your behaviors instead of owning them. So let's get better, okay? Put your clothes away. Guys, I started making my bed at 37 years of age, not because some sailor told me to, but because I learned that my wife loves it when I do. It makes her feel better when I've left for the gym and she comes in and I've made the bed. And now this is no small feat. I'm not just talking about like, oh, he did hospital corners and he tucked it in. We're talking decoration pillows. You know the pillows that you're not allowed to sleep on? Don't touch them. Don't really get your bag off of that pillow. Those pillows. Right? Making sure it's all in place. Blankets all smooth. Because we're not living like that anymore. We're not not making our bed. Right? We're not leaving that for somebody else or letting it look the way it does. We're putting away our dishes. We're taking care of dishes. Right? We, we've, we've gotten a good balance. Now, going circling back to the, the Thanksgiving story is ever since then, my wife has, has come to look and regard me differently. Uh, December was just magical. December was so powerful for our family, for our relationship. And it was strengthened even further uh, recently with recent events where, where she expected me to be divisive, for me to not cleave to her as I should. I instead said, no, 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 it's you and me. Forget those guys over there. We're not doing that. It's you and me. And just affirm for her that it's her. She's first among equals. Right? It's her. God made her for me, she's mine. It's her. That's it. Right? And, and just really giving her that. And it's been so amazing to see what that's done for her. Um, and we haven't really talked about that. You know, she, she's not really wanted to talk about her feelings like that, like that. But it's been really cool to see, you know, through our birthdays, through our anniversaries, through Mother's Day, through, um, hell, every day. The, the difference in her through my application of the lessons I've learned through so many of the books that I've listened to, the series I've watched, and just or really just my discipleship and saying, this is the way I'm supposed to love you. I'm going to do this better. 
this is what I'm going to do. All right, I'm tired of being the selfish brat that I was. That whole experience, is, it's still so fresh where we engage differently. She gives me that grace when those periods come about. And I give her that grace when those mental periods come about. Right? We're not talking about, we're talking about her, the mental cycle that we both share. And it's been, um, I keep saying it's been fun because I do get kind of a sick enjoyment. I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Like we did learn that. We figured that out of learning how those cycles coincide and how to use them within. Um, like, oh man, a few weekends ago, was that last weekend? Was that Mother's Day weekend? No, weekend before Mother's Day weekend. I was just toasted. I was so just done with the week. No energy. Oh, my goodness. And we sat down and we binged WandaVision over, I think, of a Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. I think we did the Jurassic movies. Um, but just enjoying being in each other's company. Kids, go upstairs and play. We're just sitting here just chilling. You know, she's on her phone. I'm on my phone. We're good. We're talking about the movies. Oh, Tropic Thunder. We enjoyed Tropic Thunder like the first time we saw it. And let me tell you, if you haven't seen Tropic Thunder, that is one of the greatest war movies ever made. Um, and I recall the story from when we first saw it. And that was really fun. It's like we're sitting there like the little old couple reminiscing at the beginning of uh, when Harry met Sally of the first time we went to see Tropic Thunder. Which, that'll have to be a story for another time. But all of that was to say that it was in the, the awareness of myself that I said, hey, you know what, we need a break. We've been going pretty hard for a while. Let's take a day. Let's, let's take a weekend. And Monday, we're getting at it. Now, sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it is just, you know, weak behavior right oh i'll get to it monday i'll get to it monday this was not one of those instances this was one of those clear moments of i have no energy to be productive in other spaces i need to recharge we're going to refuel and this is the where my wife and i have gotten a good balance where come monday oh she's back on me right like i may have goofed off on the weekend with my diet or with my program and the monday it's like no no don't you touch that you don't get to eat that no, sir. Aren't you going to the gym tonight? Right, dinner's over. Don't you have to go finish your evening cardio? Yeah, you're right. I got to go. Yeah, go do it. Right? And I love that we now have that uh, accountability and that dynamic. So, May, mental health awareness. To make sure you're paying attention to your body. Pay attention to the signs that your body gives you that you're, you're tired, that you're approaching your limit. Identify those triggers that indicate that you're about to hit that point i'm still working on it it's no easy task the places that i have been able to identify those triggers are certainly improving you know being able to say like hey whoa 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 why am i so angsty why am i so shrieky all of a sudden i'm getting a little anxious right now it's time for me to chill i need to walk away give me some time and it'll go miles to help improving i mean just your relationships in general helping to understand or to establish your boundaries with others in a respectful way that says helps them understand where it's coming from 
so perhaps you can avoid any hurt feelings for someone who thinks you may be avoiding them or you may have just abandoned them. You know, you got to account for other people's issues while dealing with yours. So this has been a great little chat about paying attention to my body, learning on this experience, learning me, getting to know me. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it lifted some of your thinking. I hope it maybe even lifted your spirits. This is Lifting KG, and that's what it's all about. In a world ready to put you down, I just want to lift you up. So remember, you can always grow, even if your calves won't. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Lifting KG. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to connect with me, you can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LiftingKG, or shoot me an email at Kenton at LiftingKG.com. That's K-E-N-T-O-N at LiftingKG.com. Coming soon, we can connect through LiftingKG.com, where you'll be able to check out some of the resources mentioned in my episodes, contact me for other engagements, and learn more about my story. I look forward to lifting with you. Keep growing, even if your calves won't.